Hey, good morning, <laughs> good afternoon, or good evening. Leave that in there, by the way. Uh, my name is Carl Freund, and you are tuning into what the fuck am I saying? Ooh, don't li- don't leave that in. That sucks. Okay, next one. Next, <laughs> next. He's no more one and done. I know, dude. Just, there we go. God, I'm off my game today. All I don't right. know what it is. It's all good. Hey, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. No matter what time it is, I hope that you, my friends, are having an amazing day today. We're uh, we were talking about are we? There's number two. <laughs> Is my tie too tight? What's oh, going good, on? Oh, man. Today, I was man. like, I don't know. Just Maybe it might be the it, belt. Dude. Cutting off some circulation somewhere. God, my blood sugar low. I don't know what to do. Probably, yeah. yeah let's, probably. Get, let's take an insulin shot. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. No matter what time it is, hope that you, my friends, are having an amazing day. Today, we're going to be talking about should we be renting? Oh, shit. He's getting excited. He's getting excited. It feels like he's uh, dude, we're just stacking, a DJ we're right just stacking now. content right now. I guess so. That's all we're doing. So, I, all right, I would have done it already. I would have finished the episode. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Hey everyone, I'm Josh Azuniga, co-founder of the Inside View Real Estate Podcast, where we give you bite-sized pieces of information and give you an inside look on all the major topics, whether you're investor, buyer, seller, or flipper. Stay tuned. Hey, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, no matter what time it is. Uh, I hope you're having a great day. My name is Carl Freund with my awesome host, Josh Zuniga. And today, after about 18 takes, we're going to be talking about should we be buying a resale or a new home? Um... Yeah, so I'm eighteen at takes. The intro. Dude, eighteen <laughs> takes. If you start the if you start the intro, it's eighteen takes. So I'm I, just kidding. I just can't be like Josh. As you should have seen I'm all these that good. we had before before we got this episode even yeah, started. I'm red for a reason right now. There's it's no all doubt. good. So, it's anyways, good. look, if I'm in the market to buy a house right now, am I looking at a resale? Am I looking at a new build? Because like, I always hear people say, "Hey, look, I want to buy a new build because it's going to go up in value in the next you know two or three years." Yeah, is that always the case? That's a tough one. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll start this because I use both strategies, right? I do too. Yeah. Because so, I bought new builds and I've like, you can flip them. Yeah. You but, definitely can. All right. We can, we can, let's get right, into the minutiae of it, right? Bring so it here, I'll give you, I'll give you my scenario. I always love new builds, right? I usually find the community, best price. I'm one of the first ones in there. I buy the house and then over time, whether it takes that community two or three years to complete, if I got in the beginning, that house before I even move into it or before I even sell it has, you know, a hundred fifty, hundred, hundred and fifty thousand dollars worth of Didn't equity. you just buy a new build? Um, I do have one. Yeah. Amazing in point. Here, I bought my base price of my new build um up in uh, North Phoenix was five thirty when I got in November of twenty twenty. Ooh. And it actually increased twenty grand two weeks before. I'm like, come on. But you know, whatever they were having a lumber shortage or they they were going yep. all through those supply chain issues. The price point today is seven hundred and forty thousand dollars. Two hundred racks. Yeah, entry level, same house, wow. same house, same community, and guess what? I'm in a happy spot because they have a hundred new lots they just opened up. Mm-hmm. So before you know it, you know those are going to probably be eight hundred, nine hundred million dollar homes in the next two years. So think about that. So like, if you were a consumer and you want to go into that. Um like, I mean, that, that seems almost foolproof. Is that always the case though? Not now. Right. Yeah. This is what I mean by that. I have clients and I have, you know, agents that have other clients that there are people falling out of qualification for a house they put, you know, into contract with a builder last year. And now because of the new interest rates, they don't qualify. Mm. Why? Because their rates are in the fives and they were, they were, when they were getting quoted, you know, as far as what their qualifications were, they were under four. Mm. And now that seven to eight to $900 increase in what their mortgage is going to be done. They are done. 
and the builder, um, they had to get a declination letter from the lender and the builder had to return their earnest money and all of their deposits because they did not qualify. That is the reality of what the market is if you're in a new build. Is that the best case scenario for somebody to get into now? Now I would second guess it because if you put in an order now and it takes, you know, and it takes what they used to say even two years ago, oh yeah, we're going to finish it in six to eight months. That's not happening. I don't care what builder you go to, your house is not coming in eight months. Mine took nine, almost 10, and they told me it was going to be eight. I had the same builder that they're having and some builders are saying 14 to 24 months. So we had an agent go in and put a contract on a new house not Which that builder? long ago. Which I can't tell you. Okay. But they said, hey, we're not even going to give you a completion date. Wow. Not even going to give you a completion date. That is shocking. Because okay. normally these uh, builder contracts, they give themselves 24 months to from, from signing to finish the house. 24 yes. months. Yeah. So I know a lot of people will, you know, have some, a lot of frustrations of what's going on with the market. You know, they'll literally go drive to their house and still see that frame two months later. Yeah, with no windows. With, with no windows. Yeah. And I'm having a big issue with uh, foam. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they can't even put the, yeah, they can't even put the stucco on. Yeah. Right. Um, in a lot of these houses and you will literally like walk through the, the whole neighborhood and everybody's just sticks and frame. Mm-hmm. That's it. Nothing has changed in three months. Granted, the price has increased. Wonderful. They've made an additional 20 or 30,000 just because of like what the market's doing. But the cash flow that we were, um, considering for them as far as what their payment was going to be versus what their payment's going to now be you know, it's starting to shrink, right? The cash flow is not going to be anymore because the interest rates are getting, you know, becoming so high, right? And that just cut out $500 of cash flow. So hopefully you have to see if like the rents are going to catch up within that neighborhood. If this is an investment, you know, for somebody I just, to man, really I, make I, that I happen. I can't see this. We should probably make a separate video about this, but talking about, you know, wages trying to keep up with inflation right now, it's not happening, but, and we're seeing unemployment at the lowest rate it's been in ever, right? And so unemployment is super low but people can't afford what they need and there's supply chain shortages, which cuts margins, which means that the wages can't increase as fast as they should to keep up with the pace of the inflation. Like there's a lot of little things in the market that are like, Hey, I don't know when that's going to be unfucked. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's starting to become in a very unsettling time. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And the biggest thing is I feel bad is for millennials and generations younger than us because I'm a millennial, uh, because the American dream of owning a home will be dead at the end of this year. I don't know because I feel like if like you are say, smart. They are, they are. What if they don't have the income? Which a if lot of them don't. Yeah, you have to have the income. How it's, many? How many people that are in their twenty-five years old making over a hundred thousand dollars to afford a half a million dollar home? That's what I'm saying. The wages got to increase. Few right? and far between. Yeah, for sure. Is, is that going to increase by an employer? Maybe. Maybe not. Because an employer working for working for an employer and having a degree enhances your chances of making more money. It doesn't guarantee it. Right. But like you're saying to the millennials, you know, credit. Yeah. They are a lot smarter as far as we have to have a side hustle. That's exactly yeah, right. You yeah. have to have a side yeah. hustle. You have to figure something else out. You have to make an additional money outside of what your, your, your security is, which is your wage in order to get even ahead or even stay afloat for, with, with today's day and age. Yeah. What's interesting about millennials is they got kind of smart and they're stacking cash. Yeah. You know, and so it's a different generation than my generation. You know, I'm, I'm a little bit older. So you know, in my generation, we would spend, 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 right? And so millennials just first generation come in a long time that we're like, wait a minute, that might not be the smart thing to do. They're putting money into investments for the first time, you know, like literally investing in the stock market, uh, using apps now to invest, talking about crypto, talking about, you know, Forex, talking about financial education. 
we needed that as a culture, yeah. right? We need to invest as a culture. Yeah. And so for the first time, you know, I actually am kind of optimistic for millennials because yeah. I kind of shit on them for a long time. Yeah. I'll you say, know? I'll have two, two, uh, two sides of that coin compared to what my parents and, and maybe even my brother, um, who's like 10 years older than I am. That's your age. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we, we grew up with the age of the internet, right? And coming into our twenties and obviously now our, my early thirties is that you see the options and the availability of opportunities that you can take online from your phone. Didn't have that before. Didn't have that in your twenties. No. Didn't, didn't have that in your thirties. No. So we that, you know, are trying to take uh, control of our own lives. Yes. We are trying to figure out if the, if you have the financial education and the know-how and the uh, wherewithal to like, figure out, you know, different avenues of doing that. But at the same time, our culture and our society and our social media still promotes, especially to younger generations, like younger than us, that especially as a man, you have to have the watch, you have to have the car, you have to have the house in order to have this life, in order to be happy, in order to get the girl, all the BS, right? So they may be making money, but they're also, we're still spending it, you know, like crazy too. Trust me, don't don't get it twisted. And I don't know if that's really ever going to turn until yeah, but the, small the, inner, the, inner, the inner society, dumb, the inner subconscious you know? like really wakes up to like really what's going on until you get smacked in life where you're like, whoa, I just hit rock bottom. I can't be doing that anymore. Yeah, no shit. I got to be smarter with my money. Yeah, you're going to see some people blow up, right? Like the Instagram stars that are like flexing that don't have the actual cash to support the lifestyle. You'll see them implode. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Because you don't have the financial education. There's yeah. no reason to make all this money if you don't have the financial education to put in different vehicles to remain, maintain cash flow and obviously offset, you know, what your spending habits are. Right. Because if anything happens within the market, I don't care who you are, boom, things stop. You're nobody's watching your channel anymore. You're not even an Instagram star. Your life is over. Why? Mm -hmm. Because you didn't put in, like I said, other vehicles that are going to be producing income for you. Right. Right. We got a big old tangent there. That was kind of good. <clears throat> yeah, for sure. Right? But that was just new builds, right? <clears throat> resale. So is resale at this point in time better than a new build? I personally would say yes. Yeah, right? I agree. Because you can lock it in at this interest rate now. Because if you even, like you're saying, we had on a previous app, October, we may, in the fall, we may see some type of inflection point. Why is that? Guess what? Elections are coming up. Yeah. <clears throat> and you always see it with sometimes in elections, some BS happens. And that's going to be a huge you know, election topic, right? If something happens in the market, guess what everybody's going to talk about, right? Then it's like, how are we going to fix the market? What are we going to do? And that's going to be all, all of the candidates. Well, dude, they create problems to solve problems. Exactly, that's the United right? States, dude. They need, they need information Bullshit. to talk about and, yeah. and to like build us, uh, build us up with the story. And here's the narrative. And this is how we're going to do it. And we're going to be on this side. And we're the good guys. They're the bad guys. Whatever. All mm -hmm. BS. Best thing I always say is that you need to take care of yourself. You need to think of what your options are here now and today um, for what's going to happen at the end of this year and for next year. You can't rely on the government to save your ass. Have a plan. Yeah, have, have a, plan, a plan, like we always say. So if you get into a resale house uh, now versus a new build, you're going to at least lock this interest rate in because you might even be in the sixes if you're in at the end of the year. Well, there's two reasons I think you want to go resale right now and not new build. Where are the new builds being built? Outskirts. Where's the first one to get hurt? What geographic area is first to get hurt in a, in a decline in the market? Fucking well, outskirts. Yeah, lower, in, lower income. No, it was the outskirts, well, right? Because nobody wants to commute, right? That too. And so you're forced to go further and further and further out in these metropolitan areas in order to get new builds. Okay, that's great, but that's also the first to decline. Mm -hmm. Like I remember when Queen Creek, you know, that 2008, 2009, they were giving those shits away. You, you can go down and get, you know, five houses for a dollar, right? Because nobody want to live out there. 
Yeah. And now Santana. Queen Creek is like, you know, the decent. number one growing city. And now one it's like of Florence the, is yeah. like on the outskirts, right? Yep. Like we're sort of seeing a lot of new build activity in Florence. Okay. Casa Grande, Maricopa. Casa, Maricopa, you know, and we're building out in Buckeye, right? Like, you know, I got projects in Buckeye. But those are generally the first that are going to be kind of geographically hurt is the shit that's out in Casa Grande, the shit that's out in freaking Maricopa. Yeah. I, know? Think, I like, think I think the builders are a little bit more insulated than they were before because they were just building up like crazy. They had they were just building spec homes, having 20 or 30 or 50 Homes just, that, just oh, on yeah. inventory. Oh, yeah. Just on inventory totally. homes ready to go. And when the market dipped, boom, what were they trying to do? Get those houses everything. off the books, yeah. right? To but save this, their ass. Yeah, you're right. This is a little different setup than the last time because the demand is still there. And I think, you know, we had underbuilt for the last 12 years and it's just finally catching up with us. And then the supply chain has limited the elasticity of the market, meaning that it's not elastic. It can't expand fast enough to, to fulfill that demand. And that's why we're seeing uh, prices propped up, right? Yeah. You know, so- yeah, uh, we covered on another episode. Our prices are going to drop? Probably not because the demand is lower, but the supply is also way lower. And so they kind of balance each other out. Yeah. There's always, here, here's, and like, just like we say with rates, see, case in point, I always say that for some reason, but gas prices, right? Gas prices are almost, here within Arizona, five bucks, right? Or 475, 465, whatever. Mm-hmm. I remember when I would go get gas on a Monday and then go get gas on a Thursday, 25 cent increase. Yep. You're like, whoa, what the hell is going on, right? But then what? You pump gas. You and do it you anyway. get over it. And you, you just anyway. keep going on with life. And it becomes a new norm. It becomes a new norm. Yep. Exactly. So the case is with the interest rates. There's always going to be a buyer, you know, that's going to need to buy a house for whatever it is, for whatever necessity that they need to fulfill and actually assume that interest rate. So even though people are, you know, not happy about it and complaining about it, you know, there are going to be, there is a market for somebody that's going to sign at five and a quarter, five and a quarter or five and a half. Well, I want you to think about this. Let's bring up a good point. If inflation is eight and a half percent, and it's probably more than that, right? Because I think they just kind of sugarcoat that shit. Oh, it's definitely double digits. Call, yeah. Call it 10% just yeah. for easy, easy math. Go buy some produce. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Fucking avocado. Grocery bill is so, ridiculous, right? You know, if inflation is 10% and somebody says, hey, I'm going to loan you money at 5%. And you're like, wait a minute, but by the time I pay you back in a year, it's worth 5% less than when I borrowed it. You're it's done. free fucking money. Yeah. It's free money. Yeah. They're paying you 5%. They're paying you 5% to borrow money. Mm-hmm. So buy assets. Don't hold cash. That's kind of the bottom line on that. Take, right? take Carl's advice that he yeah. needs to use. <laughs> yeah. No, seriously. You know, buy assets and fuck cash. Yeah. So it's like, get rid of the cash, buy shit. Yeah. You know, that's always great advice. For other people that say like, you know, cat, like I say, cash is cash trash is oh, or oh, cash yeah. is crap, trash is trash, cash is king. Always keep some. I, this is why I always do keep some for reserves. You want to always, always yeah. keep some for I reserves. Should, yeah. You want to at least have, you know, minimum six months to a year. I keep two years, um, just for sake. Cause Smart. I have a bunch of rental properties. I keep two years of reserves and just one account. Oh yeah. Family. Yeah, stuff to, too. yeah. To pay for life, to pay for the rental properties in case, you know, the tenants, you know, kind of freak out, whatever. I have additional cash that I keep out for opportunities, right? Um, but real estate treats you, treats me, you know, very well, you know, throughout the year. And there's a lot of additional cash flow that I don't have. I don't need to use, you know, me personally, unless I decide to spend it on some frivolous and dumb shit, mm-hmm. which I don't. I'm always looking out for new opportunities to put the additional cash into, whether it's a house or whether it's uh, another business or whether it's a new startup. Uh, so I can diversify because if, all my money is somewhere else. And one of these actually pops off. Great. I'm always going to have an opportunity that's going to be paying not only for my lifestyle, but for my family. Mm-hmm. Right. 
So that's how you guys need to think. You need to think very outside the box and always, like you say, have a game plan. You don't have a game plan and you're not prepared, you're screwed. Yep. It's the bottom line. You're done. Well, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to the Inside View Real Estate Podcast. I hope that information was great for you. If you're looking to do a new build or resale, take that information that we gave you and make sure that you make the right decision for yourself and for your family. But we'll see you on the inside in the next podcast. Hey, guys, thank you for tuning in to today's episode. Make sure you like, comment, share, subscribe, do all the things. We want to continue to bring value to you every single episode. But until next time, see you on the inside.